0: Good Day, Lieutenant Vanto, by Wanton Whale, read by Origin Blue. Chapter One, Good Day, Little Brother. Thrass settled into his desk chair, pulling up the con control panel with a wave of his hand. The blue hollow display hovered before him, the light casting shadows on his handsome face. With a few movements of his fingers, He keyed in the code for the secure prototype transmitter Admiral Aralani had been instructed to pass on to Grand Admiral Thrawn. He smirked. The lofty title still made him laugh. Grand Admiral. Having scheduled the timing of their communications ahead of time, Thras did not have long to wait before the face of his brother manifested before him. Thrawn also appeared to be sitting at his own desk but he in his imperial white uniform rather than miff burgundy. Good day, Admiral Thrawn, Thras said, with an unmistakably devious smile, his tone carrying no small amount of irony. Thrawn blinked, then said carefully, Hello, brother. It has been some time. Yes, it has been some time, hasn't it? Thras tilted his head as he said, his uniform suits you?" The last time he'd seen Thrawn wearing white was when he'd gotten stuck in a curtain as a toddler, nearly breaking his nose bumping into the walls because he refused to ask for help getting the damn thing off. "'Thank you,' Thrawn said. "'Are you doing well?' Thrush shrugged, tracing his finger in shapes on the surface of his desk. "'Me? Oh, I'm fine.' His younger brother narrowed his red eyes. Then who, by implication, is not fine? No one you need to worry yourself about, Thras said, giving him a wink and a reassuring nod. Thrun's entire body visibly tensed. Is Commander Vanto not well? I was led to understand he was to be restored to his previous rank. Interesting that's where your mind goes, brother. Thras said impassively. Thrawn did not hesitate. He is the only other person, apart from you, for whom I bear responsibility. If he or you were unwell, I would hear of it. Thras nearly snorted. Apparently, Thrawn had already forgotten he'd sent them two humans. Ronan's didn't merit the same concern as Eli's, apparently. Again. It's nothing you need concern yourself with, Thras said calmly. He is completely fine. Physically, he added with a minute shrug. He is in some other form of distress? Thrawn asked, his body not remotely relaxing. Well, Thras sighed, leaning back in his chair. How do I phrase this? He steepled his fingers in front of him in a familiar mannerism that both brothers shared. "'The only people with whom he seems to be able to hold a friendly conversation,' he placed his hand over his chest. "'Apart from yours truly are children. "'Navigators, to be precise?' Thrawn frowned. "'Navigators?' "'Oh, yes, they are all quite smitten with him. "'It does make sense.' They do not bear many of the same prejudices adults do, and they serve in the fleet alongside him. Apparently, he seemed to be able to sense a certain... What did that girl call it? He furrowed his brow, pretending to struggle to recall the phrasing. Warmth of spirit. The Grand Admiral folded his hands atop his desk, looking pensively at his fingers for a moment before looking back up. The mind cannot thrive under conditions of alienation, and his work is crucial to the well-being of the Ascendancy. Could you not avail yourself to him? Surely you do not find his company objectionable. Me? Find Ivant objectionable? Frass asked with a laugh. Using the human's core name earned him a searching look from Thrawn that disappeared almost as soon as it surfaced. Certainly, I do not find his company objectionable. Quite the opposite, in fact. But we both have our respective duties. The simple fact is that he spends more time in space than he does in the capital, and I haven't even been on a ship in a decade. Then perhaps he should spend more time on Chila, Thorne suggested, his voice becoming somewhat tense. He's only just been promoted. He can hardly start spending more time planet side now. What, you wanted to kill his career here, too? Thrawn scowled visibly at that, but Thras did not relent. Perhaps if you could make time for him in your oh-so-busy schedule, Grand Admiral, he wouldn't feel so alienated. Since it's so important for his work, he added with a slight roll of his eyes, Casting a glance at his chrono, he sighed. I am afraid I really must go, brother. Good day. Thrawn frowned more noticeably at that. Good day, he said. Thras powered down the comm unit with a wave of his hand and leaned back in his chair. His little brother was so easy to play, it was almost unfair. Almost. Thrawn leaned back in his chair, staring at the empty space where his brother's face had been. When establishing a secure line of communication to the Ascendancy, Thrawn had been determined to not use it to contact Eli Vanto. The thought of the human on his homeworld without him was already enough to draw up a powerful well of emotions without having to actually see it too. He knew from experience that his resolve was weak where the commander was concerned. But if he were to maintain steady focus, to see his mission through to the end, he would have to be steadfast. If that meant never seeing Eli's face again, then so be it. He'd bear the pain gladly if it meant keeping him, and the rest of his people, safe. At least, that's what he told himself at the time. Fran shook his head ruefully, rubbing at the bridge of his nose with his fingers before steepling them against his lips. He remembered the last time he saw Eli. The chance meeting of their respective ships had been so unlikely, so torturous, it was like he was being punished by some ancient, vengeful god. Before the Chiss crew of the Steadfast boarded the Chimera, he'd received an odd and strangely amused transmission from his old commander. Admiral Avalani's deep voice came over his calm, speaking in Mis Kalf. Greetings, Mithronodo, Avalani had said. Before we board you should know that many in the Astokra, your brother included, are quite determined to have you return to Chila immediately. Frawn's brow furrowed. I do not doubt it, he replied in the same language. But, why tell me this now? Could it not wait the ten minutes until you have boarded? She let out a single sharp laugh because while I cannot be certain, there are whispers there are whispers that he has enlisted the assistance of a certain human to convince you whether this is wittingly or unwittingly on Lieutenant Ilevantto's part. I cannot hazard to guess. Thrawn's heart had clenched briefly in his chest. I understand. Thank you, Admiral. I will see you shortly. Thrawn had watched Eli disembark the Chish shuttle beside his new CO. He never thought of the CDF uniforms as particularly suggestive until he saw the way the black material clung to the human's body. Eli had looked so poised and confident compared to the young cadet he'd first met he even seemed to have added a touch more muscle to his lean frame. Good day, Lieutenant Fanto," Thrawn had said, hardly sparing Eli a second glance, before pulling the Admiral aside to the command room to continue their earlier discussion. Before Thrawn turned away, he could see the unmistakably crushed look on the human's face through the corner of his eye. He knew it to be genuine, it was not Eli's fault the Aristocra or syndicate had pulled him into their scheming. That knowledge only made it harder. Thrawn did not trust himself to be alone with the man, knowing that if Eli begged him to leave the Empire, to come back with him, he would be sorely tempted. Like Thras apparently suspected he might be, and this had his name written all over it, Thrawn really, really resented politicians, especially the ones he was related to, Later, in a moment of weakness, he'd broken, hurriedly asking Eli to pass the Grolip data in his own office, where they could finally be alone. When Assistant Director Ronan overheard and insisted that Admiral Arvalani's temporary office would be quite sufficient and that he insisted on being present for their discussion, Thorne was almost grateful. Almost. The urge to strangle the Assistant Director was temporarily overwhelming, but he did not let it show on his face. Eli had just rolled his eyes. This may as well be happening, his face had seemed to say. The flicker of hurt he'd seen at their initial reunion never left those brown eyes, but merely became fogged by resignation. Thron's hands had twitched with the effort of not reaching out to his friend then, and, as he had been doing for years, He merely folded them behind his back instead as he watched the man work, doing his best to ignore Ronan's snide commentary. When it became clear that they were in imminent danger, Thorn could not help himself. He overstepped, wedging himself into the line of command between Arelani and Eli, sending him to a in search of hard evidence of a governor's conspiracy. Give him the opportunity to earn your respect, he'd told the pair of death troopers he'd ordered to guard the commander-turned-lieutenant. Lowering his voice, he added, To guard Eli Vanto is to guard me. The pair of black-armoured men gave him a stiff salute. Eli had not looked at Thrawn while he entered the hangar bay to board the shuttle to the distant planet. Ronan came shuffling behind him, casting the traitor, occasional dirty looks. Thrawn watched the shuttle depart, not diverting his gaze from the rising ship as he felt Avalani's familiar presence approach. "'Is all this really necessary?' she'd asked, a faint smile tugging at the corner of her lips. "'Would it really be so hard for you to resist?' His alien charms. Fawn had not answered her, instead, turning on his heel to return to the bridge. End of chapter one.